welcome to Ghosts and Folks. We're Devin and Taylor, the folks. We like spooky things, particularly spooky movies, and we like talking about them. This podcast will be a discussion about horror films from all subgenres and how they connect to each other and the human experience. Yeah, this week we're talking about um, movies that got us into horror for our first month doing this podcast so taylor picked two movies that are impossible to find and i I did two prestige horror movies that were supposedly super easy to find so here we go very easy they just happened to be on netflix (laughs) i maintain this and i swear to god dark water was on shutter recently and it just i was apparently cursed um this was my own experience with cursed films in that <laughs> they were available <laughs> and now they're not um yeah so my two picks uh, as i just mentioned were dark water uh the japanese original um not the jennifer connelly remake and the remake of the grudge um Which was trash. and there's like a story <laughs> i paid money for it <laughs> And you it shouldn't was have awful. <laughs> I couldn't find it anywhere. It doesn't exist anywhere because they remade it in 2020. Oh, yeah. I had forgot about that. And so but that was so the, the only point. one that was available to stream anywhere. And I wanted to watch it on my TV. And the pirating <laughs> stuff didn't work. Not that we condone pirating films. Whatever. Um, I don't care about <laughs> Steal yeah. from major corporations. But there was, there was like, the narrative... And I can get into, we can get into the, like, why I picked these two movies later after we go through yours. But, like, there was a narrative and there was a reason. And you never said they had to be good. (laughs) You just said they had to be the movies that got us, like, into horror. These, like, early films that were very influential in our, like, developing interests. And no one said they had to be actually good movies. (laughs) whatever <laughs> yours were okay yes the and prestige. mine mine were mine also mine legitimately i didn't pick them because they're prestige horror i picked them because they were movies i watched a million times as a teenager and or younger with my mom and true they are objectively excellent movies. movies i picked yeah. silence of the lambs and seven yeah so which were, yeah, so, like, me taking notes on Silence of the Lambs at 7 were like, oh, man, these movies are so good. And, like, I think I sent you a text in the middle of watching 7 just being like, I forgot how good this movie was. And then mine were just, you were sending me angry texts, partially because it turned out that it's impossible to get dark water anywhere <laughs> that we had access to. And also partially because, yeah, I didn't say that The Grudge was a good movie. <laughs> I just like I didn't I okay do we want to start actually talking about them because like part of the reason that I hate it is part of the reason that it took me a really long time to get into horror okay yeah so we'll I guess so we can start off with um doing like really brief plot summaries and then like why we chose these and then we can get into the discussion Sure. And then I have a theme that I pulled out in my little, like, Well, since I couldn't watch all of them, I don't have a theme. I'm so very sorry again. (laughs) I will, next time, if I, I will personally provide a DVD or a link of some kind. Thank you. But I just was like, it's totally on Shudder. It's fine. It's Um, on Shudder. It's on Shudder in the U.S. 
but I don't have a VPN on my television. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, yeah. So brief plot summaries. Um, for me, yeah. So I think most people will probably vaguely know the story of The Grudge because it's like kind of, it's yeah, it's been recently remade. But it's, um, yeah, about this house in Japan and um, an American nurse who's like there to care for this old lady um, and the kind of scars that a previous um, murder have like left and like the ghosts that haunt her. This is a yes. terrible summary, but it's just like including overall. a little boy who has merged souls with his cat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With his little black cat, which looks just like my little black cat. So when I I recently I watched the the new Netflix series of uh Juon, which is like the original. Um, and there's like a black cat and it was like, Edgar, it's you, but then the black cat gets a little scary. Um, but you yeah, you're all <laughs> That was something else you got very angry. <laughs> were, were you afraid of the cat boy, Taylor? Like, <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the like really shit, my terrible plot sum- summary of The Grudge. Um, Dark Water, since you didn't see it, uh, it's also about like a ghost. I was really into ghosts. Um, so Dark Water is this this woman who's going through this like really messy divorce, moves with her daughter into this apartment um and kind of spooky things start happening and there's this like weird stain on um the ceiling and it's like all these things are happening and she's like trying to restart her life after this divorce um but she's being haunted by this like child ghost um do you want me to give away like the ending or just so yeah yeah spoilers it turns out that the child ghost is this child who went missing and so you see throughout the yeah this is spoilers for Dark Water, it came out in like 1995 or something. So, no, it, 2002. 2002. Never mind. Um, spoilers. Sorry. Um, yeah. So you see the like missing posters throughout the film, and then it turns out that the girl had fallen into the like water reservoir on top of their apartment building, and like had never been found. And so, like, and was, like, looking for a mother. So was, like, seeking out this, the ghost of the girl was, like, seeking out this woman as a mother figure. And then they, like, find her body in the, like, reservoir tank on top of the apartment building. Um, so, yeah, that's, those are kind of the two ghost movies that I picked. Um, do you want me to go into the reason I picked them now? Or? Sure, we can talk about yours, yeah, and then we'll yeah. talk about mine, and then we'll talk about okay. your theme. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so the reason I picked them, uh, I, I don't remember if I asked to watch The Grudge, but I remember that we watched it pretty much as a family. Like, I watched it with my parents, um, and I, like, could not sleep that night. Could It was, I was so scared. I, I was also, like, what, what, what year did this, the, um, oh, no, 2000, the, the American remake? Oh, I have no idea. I didn't look that up. Okay. I know that Dark Water was 2002. But it was early on. Yeah, Dark Water was 2002. Uh, um, the American remake. I had to. I was probably around like 12 or 13. Grudge. 2004. Okay, yes, 13. So I was 13 when it came out and we watched it. And I hadn't watched a lot of horror movies. 
I'd watched a lot of like spooky things that I've been really into. Like we talked about last week or, or on the last episode, like scary stories to tell in the dark and goosebumps and like Stephen King, but I hadn't watched a lot of like movies. Mm-hmm. And so the ghost imagery did really scare me. <laughs> I didn't like it. The, the hair and then the scene where like she comes out in the, like the hallway and her whole jaw is missing. <laughs> That was very disturbing to small Taylor. Um, and I like couldn't sleep. I was a ballet dancer at the time. So I basically in my head rehearsed my, like the whole night I was like rehearsing because I could not, yeah, I couldn't sleep. And I just like practiced my ballet routine in my head all night and tried to forget about the scary woman with the dark hair and the cat boy. Um, but that was also, I mean, and I, I think it, around the same time I watched like the American remake of the ring at a slumber party um as one does <laughs> uh in 2003 four, four. Yeah. uh three four um and then but the grudge was really what kind of was the thing that I was like so horrified but so fixated on and then I learned that there were like other there was original movies of these and at the time it was still the age of the blockbuster and I made my mom take me to blockbuster and rent like the I think four of them there were four out of the like Juon series um and that kind of got me into watching movies in general in their original contexts so I watched like Dark Water and the original Ring uh, which I started watching again last night. Um, but yeah, so, and I think the reason I picked it is because that's something that I really am into still today. Like, I really like watching things that are subtitled and translated. Um, and part of it is because that's the only way I can concentrate on yeah. watching something without using my phone. Like, because my, you know, attention span is just like so broken by the modern internet. Um but it's always, I just find it really interesting to like, and fun to watch movies in their, in foreign languages and in their original cultural contexts. Um, and also I was like, yeah, then got really into like J-horror and anime and was a little bit of a, yeah, weave child. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's why I picked those ones. Never said that The Grudge was good objectively <laughs> but just that as a 13 year old i was real scared by it um it's okay someday yeah. on this podcast we will watch the mothman prophecies and you can make fun oh, of me yeah. forever okay <laughs> agreed <laughs> yes i will accept this uh-huh. um yeah and yeah so and it's like i think you just you end up getting these like weird primal fears um when you're like that young that I acknowledge that it's stupid and I shouldn't be afraid of it. But, you know, I still kind of, like, occasionally see things um, that I'm like, oh, God, that reminds me of The Grudge, and now I can't sleep. (laughs) He's so Um, not scary, though, that little cat boy. The little (coughs) cat boy isn't that scary, but it's the the woman with the hair and the jaw scene. The jaw scene was really what got me as a 13 year old walking down the street with like her whole mandible just like torn off like um, <laughs> you can't see this because this is an audio format but I did just make the face <laughs> <laughs> <So> weird <laughs> oh yeah anyway 
Um, yeah, so that's those were my apparently terrible choices. I Dark Water is a good movie. You didn't get to see it, it and maybe you will watch it. You're like Taylor, this sucks. It just it wasn't on Canadian Shutter. Apparently, it's still on Shutter in the U.S., but I don't have a VPN, and it wasn't anywhere else. And I tried a million places to try and look for it, and it was like. (laughs) just out of reach and then i finally found a place to watch it illegally and then like it had it had like the subtitles for the movie but then also had like closed captions for a totally different movie on it and when i went to turn those off it froze the movie and then when i tried to like it was we were just sitting there for like forever and then when i tried to refresh it the whole movie just disappeared and i was like this was my last hope (laughs) Yeah. So well, it's okay. So I gave up and watched the remake of Suspiria, which, uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, watch the original Suspiria. <laughs> Just like don't. It's like five hours long, and you feel every single second of it. That is why I keep not watching it because I, every time I go on, it's like two hours and 45 minutes or something and i'm like i don't have the attention span yeah, this is me dropping in a review of a totally unrelated movie to what we're talking about today <laughs> but the suspiria remake they tried <coughs> they tried to give it like a coherent plot where they're like this is why they're witches and this is why they're dancers and this is like just whatever and like all this stuff about post-war germany like the Bader meinhof group is in it for some reason it's like they have nothing to do with it, but they like just keep talking about them. They're just like, communist. It's like, why? Um, but like, they like try, like, it's like they're trying to like make Suspiria about something. Like, like it's about mm. the patriarchy and it doesn't make it any more coherent of a film. It just makes it a full hour longer and less yeah. colorful and. Tom York did the fucking soundtrack, and while no goblin, yeah, that's the thing. And it's like while I'm down for like sad Radiohead, pretentious whatever, like almost all the time. It's just disappointing when you're going in for Suspiria and you're thinking that you're going to get you know a Suspiria experience, which is like ninety percent just that bomb goblin soundtrack (laughs) and instead you get like tom york crying in gray post-war germany it's like god this is so painful and it's like nine hours long yeah um so anyway i didn't love it okay (laughs) it's like it's cool Um, there's a pretty cool like murder scene at the end but like you can also just skip to the part where she's like and like be just as good as if you watched the whole movie it will make as much sense you can just be like they dance because of patriarchy murder also there was no reason for Tilda Swinton to be literally every character because it's not like she looks like Tilda Swinton as any of the other characters so I don't understand that either interesting yeah so anyway, that's my thoughts on the Suspiria remake. Yeah. Uh, but um, If you had managed to watch Dark Water, I think you would have enjoyed it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Someday I will. 
Yeah, one of these days. But, uh, so wait, am I talking about my movies now? Yeah, so... So my movies were... Do I need to do a plot summary? Spoilers for movies made in the 90s. If you haven't seen either of these movies, I don't care. I'm going to tell you what happens. <laughs> it's over. The, the, the statute of limitations for spoilers. Is, well, it's like when... Uh, it's I always bad. think about when people are like, spoilers. Or I always think about when uh, that interview with martin freeman where he's talking about what happens in the hobbit and somebody's like oh spoilers and he's like the book's been around for 50 years like this is your fault (laughs) that happened on an episode of i think it's the i think it was stephen colbert's show um when the the latest les miserables (laughs) adaptation came out and they said something about like oh yeah and when you're i think he was interviewing hugh jackman and he's like yeah when your character dies at the end and the whole audience is like what and he's like the book has been out for a hundred and like 50 years at this point like it's over like it's a major don't know that jean valjean like dies everyone dies every single character in les mis dies yeah that's so spoilers for seven sorry it came out in 1995 yeah and uh silence of the lambs came out literally i think the month i was born oh yeah because it's 91 yeah it's 1991 yeah but oh no february okay so it's older than i am february it came out the it came out when you were born what day i don't know it just says february I want to know. And the book has been around since 1988. So you have no, no one has any excuses for not knowing what happens in Silence of the Lambs. Also, like another major cultural touchstone. If you've seen Clerks 2, I think it is, they like have a whole bit about it. Don't watch Clerks 2. Yeah, it's not worth whole, it. Watch the, the first whole, Clerks. Uh, <laughs> Good evening, Clarice. Yes. Like, you get it. He's a cannibal. His name is literally Hannibal, Hannibal and he's cannibal. a cannibal. And that's it. That's a, those were the spoilers. Yeah, um, so uh, so I guess I'll It also it came out February 14th. So it is not on my birthday, but it is close. so it's 2 weeks older than me. It's very Yes. Yeah, so it's almost 30. So yeah, thanks for that reminder. <laughs> so everyone can stop crying about spoilers if anyone actually ever listens to this podcast. Um so, Silence of the Lambs is about a FBI trainee named Clarice Starling, and she gets recruited to go and help with, like, write the profile for a serial killer who is out murdering larger women and stealing their skin. And in order to get this profile, she has to go talk to the incarcerated Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who has been put in prison for eating people. Uh, but he's like a super famous psychologist. <laughs> and he's real spooky. And it's Anthony Hopkins doing the creepiest voice in the entire world. Um, and that is just like Anthony. I wrote that in my notes of like. <laughs> Oh my god, Anthony Hopkins though, because it's just it's iconic. Oh, yeah, he's so and good. then it turns out that the uh, psycho murderer is um, whatever the hell a fake trans person is, <laughs> because oh, yeah, they're like was... he's not a. Also, they use the term transsexual, I think, or transvestite. Yeah, 
Yeah, they're like he's not he's not a real transsexual <laughs> it's like what and that's why apparently because he's like unstable uh is denied gender confirmation surgery and so he's stealing women's skin to make um a woman suit um and he keeps women in a hole uh while like he gets these like larger women and then starves them so that their skin gets loose. I don't know. It's really fucking weird. He starves them in this hole and makes them put on lotion. Um, so again, yeah. if like another cultural st- touchstone, and he has <laughs> he a little puts dog the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> yeah. Like if you haven't heard that line, like you've been living under a rock. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. Uh, I hope you your rock home is nice and cozy. Yeah, and it like then goes in it spends a lot of time going into Clarice and uh who's from West Virginia and her relationship with uh Hannibal Lecter and it's real spooky and it's fucking excellent and then the other one seven is also about like cops (laughs) my hardcore copaganda uh so (laughs) Brad Pitt is a new is Brad Pitt right Am I making yeah, that up? Whoa, for a second, I was no. like, oh my god, I'm going to say this and it's going to not be right. Yeah, it's Brad Because, <laughs> um, again, this movie also was on Netflix. <laughs> and then when I went to watch it, it had literally been removed the day before, so I haven't seen it in, like, a year. Um, I'm sorry I'm laughing so hard, but it is hilarious. I watched it a, a week ago. I think I wrote the date, 9-23. I watched it on 9-23, <laughs> And then uh, Silence of the Lambs got added to Netflix in Canada on October 1st or 2nd. And then (laughs) so I like lucked out and found all the movies like super easily. Everything was fine. And it's like, yeah, Uh, I'm very sorry. And I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard at this. Uh, but I was able to watch that. My life is pain. And... Um, <laughs> I'm probably just going to get the d- DVD of both of those because we have a massive, well, we, I say we, JP has a massive horror movie collection and it's almost all Italian giallos and like garbage. Uh, we, we need to like, so we need to like yeah. put some good stuff in there. Spice. Anyway, yeah. uh, Seven is also about cops. So it's a David Fincher film um, where Brad Pitt and his wife, Gwyneth Paltrow, move to an unnamed city but it's definitely supposed to be new york like everything in the 90s is supposed to be well i think because it's technically or, um it's like it has a very new york vibe but then it's like technically los angeles because they didn't change any of the location signs so it's like this weird like they made it this like no man city yeah. but then they, they kept all the signs as like la um like landmarks right so but it's yeah very it's new york. super weird yeah um it's i think it's supposed to be that like is it new york is it chicago because the library that they go to though is like very new york public library yeah anyway it's like an unnamed city like a lot of things you know it's like gotham what is it yeah. where is it whatever so it's this very dirty gross 90s city um and it rains. yeah and it rains like the whole time <laughs> except for when they go out to the desert i guess that should have been a, a tip off yet yeah, that it's not new york uh because they go to a desert but anyway so um he shows up there he's like a new cop on the beat and he has this new, he gets this partner who is morgan freeman because it's the 90s <laughs> and uh 
they get assigned to these like increasingly bizarro cases that turns out to be the serial killer who's killing people based on the seven deadly sins. And the first one is greed or glut. Which one's um, the f- first one? Cause the first one is, the, is the first one gluttony? Well, I think the first one's gluttony because the, there's one murder before that I was on, when I was rewatching it, I was like, what sin is this? And then I realized that there's one unrelated murder that they go to yeah. at first. And then it starts, I believe, with gluttony. gluttony where they make the guy eat the- all the stuff until his stomach explodes and he dies. Yeah. And then it's greed is the lawyer who has to yeah, cut yeah, a, think- a pound of flesh off of his body. Yeah. And anyway, the, it goes on through like all the seven deadly sins until wrath, and then wrath is like where there's this box, and it's so Kevin box? Spacey is the murderer, and they find him, and they're taking him out to like where the last murder is supposed to be, like the last murder victim, and they go out to the middle of nowhere, and there's just this box, and Brad Pitt like loses his mind, um, and wrath is actually like brad pitt's murder because it's gwyneth paltrow's head and yeah. so he shoots kevin spacey and kevin, kevin spacey, spacey was envy because he's envious yeah. of brad pitt and like his life and his ability to be a normal human um so he like yeah. ruined that for brad pitt and then brad pitt kills him and his wrath uh do you want to know a fun fact that i read when i because I did all of this, like, this is the movie I was, like, going really hard on. I was like, I'm going to take notes. Like, I'm going to, like, look up all these things. Um, I learned a piece of trivia sure. that, so, allegedly, they made a head <laughs> for the box. And they, ne- like, a Gwyneth Paltrow head uh-huh. for the box, but they never used it. But allegedly, that's the head that they use in Contagion when they do the autopsy scene. Oh, when they cut, the, they cut her yeah. head. <laughs> Allegedly, it's the same head they, like, found. They, like, kept it in the, like, studio. Yeah, because, like, like, studios archives. keep props. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, allegedly. It's same head. Reused. Gwyneth Paltrow's disembodied head. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, weird heads that are used in shows. Uh, if you watch the first season of game of thrones again um one of them is george bush just because they happen to have like a george bush mask like in the studio and then it became like this do you all remember this became like this big thing where they were like oh my god they're sending political messages and it's like these guys are not they don't have like their shit together enough to be sending any messages (laughs) it was just that they they had it but yeah if you look it's like sean bean and then like George Bush. They had, like, yeah, they had, like blown their budget on like the special effects, and we're like, oh shoot, we don't have any more money for prostheses, so I guess we just have to reuse all. Yeah. Of these. Um, but yeah, and I picked those two movies uh, because I watched them a lot when I was too young to be watching these kinds of movies. Because, like I said in the first episode, my mom was like obsessed with serial killers, and so we watched like all of those like lifetime movies and stuff but then every now and then she'd be like we need to you need you should see this movie because i was like weirdly into 
like I was super obsessed with movies when I was a kid, probably because I was super sick and couldn't do anything. <laughs> so I just watched a lot of movies. And so she was like, if you're really into movies, like you need to see these movies. And she was like, Science of the Lambs is excellent. And we watched it and I was like, this is really scary. <laughs> and then we watched Seven and I was like, this is terrifying. And I remember uh, one time my friend came over to like stay the night at our house and we had these massive windows that looked out over a lake. So at night it was just like 12 foot black holes <laughs> in our house and we were like we were gonna watch something and again like couldn't find it and so we just put in a dvd and it was we were like watching seven and i scared the shit out of my friend and she was like i can't look at the windows but like the whole back of the house is windows <laughs> she was like oh my god so we had to watch something like super innocuous we yeah. watched Doctor Who you for like 10 power. hours after that, but it was like, yeah, we were home alone. We were at my house alone watching Seven. <laughs> uh, and I think that She Like Me was mostly scarred by the uh, the lust. So, yeah. I think lust is my pretty worst one. one. But yeah, so I, I, I... my The worst one for me is Sloth. Yeah sloth where he's like they like drug him and like tie him up to this bed until he like wastes away but he's still alive the whole time i think that was the one that gave me the most like yeah i so i think i was thinking about this for a while when i was like thinking about recording this um because we've been watching a lot of horror and because my partner JP is always like, they're not showing anything, you know, like, oh, I just want to see somebody's head get blown up because he's really into like 80s camp. Um, But like, I think Seven uses seeing certain things and not seeing other things really well because like you don't, for the lust scene in particular you see the guy so the last scene uh this guy is forced to wear this like sword strap on and have sex with a prostitute so he like chops her up with his sword penis um and so you see him like freaking out and you see the detective's reactions but you don't see her what happens to her and i i think that like there's there's some scenes where it can be really really useful to see what happens to a body in certain scenes because like like i was thinking about this in relation to i was watching the boys and there's this scene of like essentially police brutality but the police is like the superhero where she's the superhero stops this car driving at night and this young african-american boy is in it and she calls him out and ends up punching him in the face and then his face is like mangled and so you see how for his little sister who watched this whole scene happen he went from being her brother to now for the rest of her life he is like this mangled figure of like martyrdom for white supremacy right and like that's like i think really 
powerful and can be important to like see that transformation happen because it's like just this totally normal evening in like this normal car and he's just wearing like you know normal clothes and so it's like this very very normal like all of the normalcy and then like you see that horror but like in this movie that where everything is kind of horrific to only see the reactions and the way that that violence is affecting all of the people around it I think is like more powerful and almost more terrifying because then like your brain is conjuring images of like what would this thing do because you also don't actually see the like sword strap on except for in a photograph um so and that applies to that final scene as well yeah final scene is like exclusively about the emotions and it's so powerful to be about the emotions that if they had used that the uh, Gwyneth Paltrow fake head in the box like I think you would it would distract from it it also allows you to picture something that's like less gruesome like when you when you're not given the image your brain can kind of go to the level that you want yeah yeah so would, and yeah. yeah because so yeah and because so much of like what he's doing in seven is about is about like this internal work right so he's like creating fear and he's creating anger and he's like creating opportunities for people to commit sins essentially Uh, yeah like like with the vanity one where he like mangles that woman's face and then asks her to choose if she wants to continue to live like that it's like yeah he's he's like creating a situation where like she lives in a in a world where her body and physical attractiveness is a commodity like Mm. if he takes that away from her like what else does she have like it's not her fault that she's committing that sin but like he's putting her in a situation where she has to choose personally and i think your comment about that it just made me think of like now i mean this is it's fallen out of popularity but like that we had the whole the age of the like torture porn films like Hostel and all of the Saw movies which I guess I think there's another Saw movie that's more recent but I don't know I I wasn't super into them like I watched them uh, along like in I think in like college and just was ended up being like wow this is um yeah tra- all of the like tourism murder movies I find kind of <laughs> Funny. brown people always, torture like, you <laughs> yeah or like you know eastern europeans like oh man those eastern europeans yeah. uh, um Take but it. yes <laughs> yeah but it's also like those it seems like you know um this is those tor- like the, what's happening in seven is what ends up being depicted in those like torture porn movies like um, you can imagine kind of like the that scene because it's like a saw game it's essentially a saw game but because it's happening off screen you're centering more of the the emotion and more of the like consequences of it rather than just being like let's watch someone i don't know get their wrist cut up because they have to get a key in a box (laughs) or some crazy puzzle and and, like make saw off your own foot (laughs) so part of the part part of the reason that i chose these movies is because i didn't get into horror i mean like once i so part of the reason that 
I didn't think that I was into horror for a long time was because, again, like, I chose two prestige films, right? Nominated for Oscars and shit. And, like, in order to get nominated for Oscars, they have to market themselves as not being genre films, right? In the way that, like, Parasite had to. You know, like, it's not a horror movie. It's not a thriller. It's a dark drama. Or, like, a whatever a dramedy it was a fucking thriller <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean like i yelled that as we were leaving the theater. yeah like, so like this is gonna win an oscar and it's a fucking thriller yeah so like they have to do that so like i was always like oh no these are just like excellent movies that happen to be about serial killers and it's like no they're fucking horror movies yeah. and and because of like the time period when we were like coming up in the world it was all like remakes of j-horror where it entirely unlike the actual japanese films which i have seen right i watched the ring and it's excellent but like the american remakes were all jump scares and then there was like the age of the found footage paranormal stuff which also all jump scares and then torture porn which which i I can also find yeah torture porn i hate i do i will have to say some of the found footage like but that's also an interesting thing to talk about because, like, have you ever watched Wreck, which is a Spanish, the Spanish version of, I can't remember what the, maybe I'm getting this wrong. I might have to fact check this, but there's a found footage film that once again was like, re, it's a Spanish film that was remade. And it's like, yeah, it's. I do enjoy me some of the found footage paranormal films. Like I'm not saying once again, I'm not saying they're good, but I just like watching. I mean, like them. Paranormal Activity is garbage. I've seen all of them multiple times. Yeah, they're trash. I mean, like I will, I, I stand a Blair Witch, but like, hmm. I. <sighs> and you know what I'm loving now, though. I love the the like internet ones, and I know they're terrible. I mean, some of them are actually really good. Like, I actually really enjoyed... Uh, this is more on the thriller side, but there's a movie called Searching mm-hmm. uh, with John Cho. That was actually a good movie, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But there are a bunch of, like, paranormal ones where it's like, there's a ghost in your computer, but it's all told through, like, these Skype windows. Yeah. Um, there's also a new movie on Shudder that's suppo- that's told through, like, Zoom screens that, I, that actually is getting a lot of positive yeah, critical reception I've heard that, that I really that's really watch. good and I haven't watched yeah. it yet but I haven't watched because I wanted to watch it like in my room on my computer with all the lights off yeah. like kind of that you're like creating that experience and I just haven't yeah. had the but I had this um but yeah I, had... I used to love those found footage <laughs> I had this thing like when I was a teenager and stuff where I was like no, I just, I like serial killers and I like this stuff because, like, that's what's actually scary because, like, somebody can actually come in and murder you when, in reality, like, the likelihood that you're going to be killed by a serial killer is about as likely as you being killed by a ghost. <laughs> and I think for me, this kind of uh, leads to one of my, I had a question for okay. you um, in our little interview question style, because um, I think for me the ghosts were the scariest part because there's not much you can do to control the existence of ghosts in your space. Like there are risk mitigating behaviors that you can do. Like most people who are killed by serial killers are, or most people who are like, it's the same with like trafficking. Like a lot of people are like afraid of the boogeyman of human trafficking, but what's actually going on in real human trafficking is people who are either with drug addictions or who are already in precarious situations. So that's like the reality of who, what 
But um, yeah, so there's like risk mitigating behavior that you can do to like, for, like don't get in the van. I have that in my notes for fucking, for Silas of the Lambs because it's like, yeah, I'm not going to get it. I'm not helping anyone with no like moving help. I'm not getting in the van. Yeah. But the ghost, it's like, oh, well, I live here now and this ghost is in my space and I can't get the ghost to go away. Um, so that was my, I think part of the, the thing about the grudge was this thought that then I was like, well, what if, what if my house had this like horrible murder take place and is somehow like the, the echo of that violence is still there. So my question is, Devin, would you live in a murder house? And how, if you would, like how far away from the murder would it have to be? Like, would you move in like a house that you know the crime scene cleaners have just vacated or do you need like a little bit of time to like let the percolate i have no idea i've never thought about it before (laughs) um i clearly have i don't i don't know because there have been other moments recently in my life where someone has suggested that we do something and i'm like no we're not gonna be those white people (laughs) Um, I think one of them. Is if this is somebody suggested something while we were camping, and I was like, no. <laughs> oh, you mean when we confronted the teenagers who were lighting off fireworks no, in the middle of the night? I, and they I don't were... remember. There was something else. It might have been part part of that, and then there was, but there was another thing where. Oh, I think it was when so our friends Kevin and West were here at my house, and. Kevin, very stoned, suggested that we go and do something. And I was like, we can't be those white people. And I can't remember what it was, but it was like, you know, like going to find a noise down in an alley or something. Like we were sitting out on my porch and they were like, we've got to go find out what that noise is. And I was like, no, that's how you get your dumb white ass murdered. <laughs> um, I thought I thought this was going to be about the time in the, the labyrinth under Budapest. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I was not having any of that. We went to, <laughs> I had a great time. We went into these catacombs in Budapest and it was like so spooky and completely dark and they gave us one lantern and Taylor and took the lantern, the lantern and I just like boogied out into the middle of these fucking labyrinths. And I because was- there were plaques, Devin. There were informational plaques that I wanted to read about Matthias Corvinus. And then no. the two of you were like, we need to leave. Yeah, and I was like, but there's a sign. No, I'm not, I'm not hanging out underground with a bunch of fucking... <laughs> Hungarian ghosts like no this, this may be also colored by the fact that I worked in a crypt for two years so I'm like whatever we're in, under the ground with a bunch of dead people like whatever they're probably friendly but for some reason the difference is like that's where they live that's an appropriate place for the ghosts to live I don't want the ghosts where I live so that's where I think my fear of haunted houses comes in and where I'm like I just don't know if I would move into a murder house yeah. Like obviously if like we grew the house I grew up in was over 100 years old in Massachusetts. So someone had died in that house just by the nature of like how yeah. dying used to work like you would die at more home. likely at home than in a hospital. But I just I don't know if I would live in a murder house. I think it I think it also sort of depends on like what kind of murder it is cuz like I also don't want like like, my mom tried to give me her old wedding ring from when she, like, married my dad. And I was like, I don't want that bad juju in my life. <laughs> like, I don't want that. Like, I'm not keeping that. I'm not wearing it. That's a sure way to, like, 
just like 100% be sure that you never find love is to like keep this horrible like awful divorce ring in your house um so I think she sold it because she just she kept being like you should have this like your dad gave it to me and I was like nope don't care (laughs) um (laughs) but so like I think I feel sort of like that like I don't want to be somewhere where it's like a gruesome horrible murder yeah I totally get that like where it's like oh no I like accidentally pushed her down the stairs and like totally didn't mean to but technically I guess that's not a murder I would live in a manslaughter house you live in a manslaughter house I would maybe live in a murder house if it was like um I don't know like this is gonna sound like I like a like a mafia house like that I think I would be like if it was like oh well it was organized crime here yeah if it was like organized crime but if it's like oh I like a family annihilator house is like right out yeah I would also I think I would also live in one of the lifetime movie murder houses where it's like uh you know woman kills her abusive husband in order to save her children house like I I would live in that house (laughs) I enough one time with j-lo being... like i would live in that house <laughs> i there was this one um oh my god i don't remember what lifetime movie this is it might have also not been lifetime it might have been oxygen or investigation discovery i don't remember which but i being in my parents room and watching this movie and they it's like they're not only living in a murder house, they're, like, living in the murder house while the investigation is going on. So it's, like, I'd see, I see, I remembered it being loosely based on Scott Peterson, but it may have just been, like, that kind of, Wait, like, I the think husband I disappears, the wife. And so the wife had, like, disappeared, but then they, like, luminol test the house. So they spray luminol everywhere, and it's just, like, lighting up like crazy, and there's blood everywhere. And then, like, they cut the detectives and it's like her parents are like going to bed that night and then they shut off all the lights and the whole room is like luminoled and I just remember being like I would never stay in that house and also they should not have been staying in that house because that's like an active crime scene <laughs> why were they still in the house but I remember like I was like nope I think anything too bloody would just be like right out for me like well maybe I mean like, like a poisoning I would definitely I don't know. I, if it was like if it was, like, bloody husband murder, I'd just, like, replace the walls. Just, like, take out the drywall. Right. Put in yeah. new drywall. <laughs> new drywall. That's, so, like, what you're saying is that if the ending of the grudge had been that she successfully, like, defends herself and then murders her her jealous husband, yeah. that's okay. You would live in that house. Yeah. Because also I don't think, so, like, because doesn't the husband... The husband hangs himself, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like a murder-suicide. Yeah. So, like, but he's not haunting the house. Because it seems like if it's justified, <laughs> they don't ever become ghosts. It's always, like, innocent victims become ghosts because they're pissed off that they get murdered. Yeah, because they're like, how dare you? And then it's like, the guy, the justified's like, yeah, I deserve that. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, so off to hell with me. Yeah, so like I wouldn't be haunted by like, yeah, angry, you know. But I think that's abusive um, husband. Part of the issue with, and I might be confusing because there's just been so many, and I like recently watched the series. um, But I think part of the issue is 
that it's his rage that is really what creates the haunting. So it's not because like at, this is in the series, the most recent um, Japanese series where it's like the house becomes the center of like several like family annihilation yeah. style murders and like husbands killing their wives and doing these horrible things. So I think part of it was also that like, even if he was not a manifestation, he wasn't like the apparition yeah. in the house. Like it was his rage that tainted the house. But yeah. so like, brings- here's a question then if you okay. burn down the house, right? Cause she was trying to burn the house down in the remake, yeah. but then they're like, we saved the house. And then she gets murdered by the ghost supposedly have you also have you watched the second one no (laughs) that one i believe is on netflix um i have watched it it's amber tamblin's in it but like so if you do successfully burn down the house is the site still tainted like and then you have like a poltergeist situation where it's like you built this on an indian burial ground yeah sorry for using that word (laughs) but that is the trope of many like Like, 70s and 80s films is like that there's something inherent about this land yeah like so is cursed well i okay also again though with the the poltergeist those ghosts are kind of justified yeah they just hate colonizers (laughs) (laughs) don't build your house in cemeteries but it yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, so I don't I don't know if that would I I don't know at what point it's like the like is it in the groundwater like how far down do we need to dig like but then it also it just it also brings up this very real um like the the human aspect of like what do we do with these spaces that are like so traumatic um I taught or I TA'd I was a teaching assistant I was not an actual teacher um but I I TA'd two semesters for a class on the holocaust um and we had this really interesting unit about building memorials Mm -hmm. and and then also not building memorials and Mm -hmm. I remember the students got very like upset that their like former sites of concentration camps in like Poland that are just parks now and they're like how dare people exist in this space and it's like but if you're really I mean in that area of Europe like if you're going to turn every battleground and every space into this like hallowed ground you don't have any space yeah, left. Yeah France just so, would not <laughs> exist anymore not for yeah, concentration camps but for like battlegrounds and stuff yeah like, like bat- all these battlegrounds and it's like how what do you do with that space and at a certain point you do have to like move on in certain areas and like how do you do it respectfully and but while acknowledging that like we need to build a house here like, someone needs to live in this even though that there was like this I'm speaking in the grudge context this like family annihilation but yeah it's it's that anxiety of like what has happened in the past and how might it affect the future yeah um yeah yeah I mean so I think it's one of those things where it's like at some point in time the ghost just needs to get over it (laughs) like you know like if it's like oh this family was annihilated in ancient Rome and now it's like they're still haunting someplace in Rome it's like dude 
Yeah. It's Move like, okay, on. My it's been 2,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> Get over yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's where I'm at. And that's where I'm like, you know, like, if there was, like, a a sea, like, a, a place of, like, But also, like, I feel super weird, like, going to Charleston. Like, have you been, have you been to Charleston? I've no, no, no. Okay, because they they turned the the market there. There's like a a market right in this mm-hmm. big building, and you can go and like buy those little sweet grass baskets and stuff made by the Gullah women, and like you know the pictures and dresses and whatever. But uh, that's not what they used to sell there. <laughs> they used to sell yeah. people. And that feels super weird because that's like still an ongoing like trauma, right? Because we didn't, yeah. we didn't fix it. Right? Yeah, and I think there's also an aspect of like, I, because it's not been treated with the same memorialization in general. Like we, mm-hmm. there are memorials, but it's not. So like just to compare it to that case that we looked at in Poland and when I was TAing that class, it's like there are these big memorials yeah. and like there is, you know, Holocaust deniers is obviously a huge thing. But for the most part in like most rational society, like we have these big memorials. We are taught about it in school. It is like taught as this big trauma. So at a certain point, like some sites are just going to go back to being what they originally were. But if you haven't really done that you can't then just be like, well, we're just turning all of the slave markets back into... Yeah, um, regular old markets. Regular markets. Yeah, so it's like, it, because it's been denied that memorialization yeah. effort. Yeah. And like, I just, I don't know, I just, I feel like Charleston really needs that because South Carolina was like one of the places with the most enslaved people. So South Carolina needs to get on it. But yeah, I I don't know. I think that I think that like ancient Roman ghosts, the Japanese ghosts, the the or Chinese Chinese ghosts that haunt bridges and stuff because like, you know, a thousand years ago their husband cheated on them. Like I'm sorry. Get over yourself. <laughs> the hot take get over yourself <laughs> yeah ghost yeah. yeah um but i guess that can bring me to what i thought was our theme okay. maybe for like the four movies because like the point what we we're gonna do is like these four disparate movies so in future it's not gonna quite be as on theme yeah. i don't think we're um and then kind of see what commonalities but the kind of thing that i thought of was like this same this sense of being like tainted by something so obviously with a grudge it's like this past violence that kind of uh, infects the house which then like when we switched it when we were gonna like okay well we can't find dark water but we'll watch the ring and it's like well it's the same thing like yeah. how this infection um and then with like silence of the lambs there's so much about like how her past and mm-hmm. how her background like affects her and like the yeah. the whole opening scene with like him being able to identify like her masking her accent and like the you're wearing cheap shoes but a expensive bag and that's what it tells me and then obviously like seven is like sin <laughs> it's like the oldest thing you could be like Rah. yeah but uh, well because seven is also 
I think So I get, I'm like, obviously he's evil and murdering people for nonsense. And like, they're not, it's like a lot of the people that he murders, like aren't good people, but also like, it's this thing, like we've talked about a few times before where I am incredibly frustrated at living in a society that judges me as an individual and my, like my moral actions as an individual when I live in a society that doesn't allow for moral action right yeah. like capitalism is so screwed up that there are homeless people that live like two blocks away from me on the street but like i can't do anything for them because i don't have the means to do that and if i did give like provide for them enough that they have like the stability to get out of their situation like I would then be in that situation and it's like well where where's the moral just anyway everything is screwed up and broken and like if you look at all of those sins like those people like outside of their situation outside of that sin like their situation was screwed up right yeah you know like the lawyer lives in a society where having money and prestige is success and like he's been pushed by society into that and the woman commodified her beauty which like the world does to you anyway and like yeah so it's like you're, she's being punished yeah. for taking control of something that's yeah. going to already gluttony happen. lived in extreme poverty and ate what was available and took comfort in being able to feed himself and like all of these things and brad pitt was angry because he had to move out of you know, their little country place into this, like, terrible city, and his wife is angry at him all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think, so the the interpretation that I was, I, I think I was, I was looking at that from the perspective of um, the killer of, like, they have been tainted by this, but you know also my, my feelings on, like, retributive and restorative justice, <laughs> yeah. and um, this aspect of, like, you, I just, I, I get very bothered by this this thought that like something that you have done like fundamentally ruins you as a person so a lot of the the way that he like kind of interpreted this was like well Brad Pitt is angry so it is like somehow made him bad. damaged <laughs> and bad and like the, the from Kevin Spacey I don't remember what the killer he doesn't name have a name okay he never has a name um so the the serial killer like sees these actions as something that fundamentally breaks beyond the point of repair like the soul of the person and it's like that's an unfortunately too prevalent thought in a lot of people's is that like when you've if you've committed these actions or done these things you are like irredeemable and i just don't ever believe that anyone is ever irredeemable yeah same Technically, even the serial killer. So, like, Kevin Spacey, like, if you can be, if he, if we can get him to a point where he sees the error of his ways. Like, I'm not saying that we should, in this theoretical, if he did not get shot by Brad Pitt, like, let him back out into the society. But I, but I think we should give him an opportunity to understand the, the harm that he has done and, like, make restitution. Yeah. Um, but that's a larger conversation about restorative yeah. justice that is beyond the scope of a horror movie podcast. <laughs> perhaps i don't know maybe maybe not but like so then like because like when i was watching the grudge right i got kind of frustrated because like their solution was to like burn down the house 
which the movie implies would have worked. But I feel like there should have been, like, a restorative solution to yeah. it as well. Like, just, like, don't just, like, burn it down. That just, like... Because then it's like, well, the site's still there. But, like, if you can find a way to, like, create a space that isn't about getting murdered over jealousy. Yeah. And I think it's, like, I don't know what the solution would be uh, in that context. But it is, like, there are so many ghost stories that the solution to the ghost story isn't further destruction. It's somehow, like, creating a sense of closure for the ghost. Like, so that's, like, ending the harm that is being done, perpetrated by the ghost because of the harm that's done to them. So, like, it it really is this nice little, like, kind of, in a lot of cases, this metaphor for this restorative, like, oh, like, we've ended the harm that the ghost is doing. So it, like, prevents other people from being harmed. But yeah, the, the grudge is, like, a pretty shallow, like, oh, yeah, if we burn down the house... Yeah, it's definitely work. not haunting of Hill House. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not achieving the haunting of Hill House levels of like let's contemplate like <laughs> generational trauma, the, the like generational trauma, like the 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 responsibility of like loving something that will eventually die. <laughs> um, it's not yeah, it's not hitting those emotional chords, but it was. I I didn't say it was good. Yeah. <laughs> you asked me for a formational movie. You I did not. No one said it had to win an Oscar or have a coherent narrative. <laughs> it's fine. Um, or even be scary. It was scary when I was 13. <laughs> um, but I would actually be... Uh, I would actually be interested. You should watch the latest juan series on netflix because it's super interesting and it also from my interpretation this is one of those things that i watched it and i was like so this is what's going on right and then i went online and no one else was talking about it and so i was like okay maybe i was wrong but i don't think i am like i would probably have to rewatch it um they're short episodes too it's only like a 30 minute per episode it's six episodes it's quick um it it's pretty it's I, I wouldn't say it's not as scary I was not as scared by it as I was when I was 13 watching The Grudge but it was um but it's it seemed to imply this like cyclical nature so they do this interesting thing with time I'm pretty sure that kind of it's so it's not necessarily like The Grudge where it's like oh this is all I mean, even though that, like, the narratives are happening, like, interspersed, mm-hmm. so they're all kind of happening at the same time, and you don't really figure out what's going on until the end, um, but it's very linear in that, like, oh, like, this is what happened, yeah. this is what caused the ghosts, now Sarah Michelle Gellar has to burn on the house. Um, this was very much, like, we're trying to solve this issue, and there's all this, like, everyone is traumatized, and then the end kind of implies that the end is, like, the beginning of the trauma cycle, um, so I think they that did a much more interesting job of like exploring how uh, the trauma affects people because it wasn't just like that linear like this bad thing happened. Now we have to fix it. It was like this bad thing happened, so this bad thing happened, so this bad thing happened, which may have cycled back around because time is not a real thing. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it, the it, other it thing hits that like, point, which is like one of my favorite things of like time isn't really real. Yeah, well, because that's like, the yeah. thing that like so you asked me how long would it have to be for me to live in a murder house, and it's like, well, like do ghosts exist 
in time the way that people exist because like who knows in you know however many years someone could be murdered in my current house and already be haunting it yeah because time is not real yeah it's yeah so that's a good point um which totally undoes what i said earlier about the the ancient Roman people being pissed about things. <laughs> because also, but also, I was thinking that I think like, they need to well, go for themselves. The ancient Roman ghost, they might not know how long it's been. They might ha- be having the same emotions as they did a thousand years ago. I'm also just like, okay, that's what I'm saying for all ghosts now. It's just like, okay. you are not that important. <laughs> Except for the ghosts of the indigenous people in Poland. Yes. It seems, if I understand your um, your take here, is that ghosts need to get over themselves. Except for in Poltergeist. In Poltergeist. The Poltergeist ghosts are good. Got I it. just feel like Noted. the Poltergeist ghosts are working towards a clear political end. Whereas, like, ancient Roman ghosts are just throwing a fit. Yeah, like, I mean, poltergeist ghosts are trying okay. to achieve like indigenous land restoration, which fully support They're them. Their haunting is a political like <laughs> protest, and so it's acceptable. I got yeah. it. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Um, interesting. <laughs> so the, what you're saying is the ghosts need to publish a manifesto. So like, let's yeah. say, what if I'm murder? Let's. I would I also support if there's a Karl Marx ghost out there. <laughs> I'm, a I'm, a, I'm a Goldman ghost. <laughs> if there's some ghosts out there of like, you know, murdered unionized laborers, <laughs> support those, those ghosts as well. <laughs> okay, but like, I don't know if. The personal ghosts, it's like, I don't know. I can see, you know, being, maybe it's just because I'm like a relatively petty person (laughs) and a somewhat spiteful person. I'm not saying these are character, like traits that I'm proud of, but I could see being like the kind of ghost that like if I got murdered by someone just being like, fuck you, I'm going to cause problems on purpose now. And But I'd probably be the kind of ghost that just was like, fuck you, and like knock over a book when you're like watching a scary movie at night to be like, ha ha ha, like <laughs> ruined your day, yeah, but that's like not, you're scared. That's not really like a ghost that's, that's not like really causing harm. Like you're not it's like not causing tr- harm, I'm causing problems. Yeah, you're not like trying to murder an innocent nurse. I don't. That's true. I I don't I don't think I would murder an innocent nurse, but I would I would, you know, levitate some stuff. I would uh oh, I would definitely steal shit and then bring it back when they least expect it cuz that's my least favorite type of ghost where you're just like, "Oh my god, I definitely I had that screwdriver in my hand and it was right there and I need to like fix this cabinet and it's gone now. What the fuck?" My library and then like three card days that later it just let me appears. watch the movie. Yes, your library a ghost has stolen your library card. The ghosts who steal socks, yeah. um, stop because I need two of those. Uh, and I'm just I have so many sad, lonely socks now. And but I don't also know said ghost, if they could just get with some other ghost and organize towards a common goal for all of humanity. 
We are now trying to unionize the ghosts. Yes, yeah, ghost union. I got <laughs> ghost union. I don't know. I feel like that's pretty on brand for me. <laughs> it really is. But I'm just like, I'm dying at this thought. Like, I feel like, okay, so when we die in some horrifying way that causes us to be ghosts and not like pass on to whatever afterlife may or may not exist, when we're ghosts, I feel like I'm just going to be the one that's like, a cat who's knocking things off counters and then you're gonna be (laughs) i might be meowing i don't know you don't know my life um and then you're gonna try and unionize the ghosts and i can just totally picture you being like but guys like if we negotiate (laughs) need a collective agreement with the living (laughs) what would you want as a ghost though because i would just want to cause trouble on purpose like the Untitled Goose Game, but I'm a ghost. Well, I just feel what, like that what, you can What are you use, negotiating I feel for? like you can use that to, like, undo the systems of oppression in the world, and then there won't be any more ghosts. Okay. Because, like, those white people moved forward. out of that house in Poltergeist. But did they... Do they actually, like, what happened to the house after? I don't know, because the movie definitely wasn't about land restoration. (laughs) But I'm just saying that we could use that kind of thing. Haunt the White House. Oh my god, I would love to haunt the White House. Haunt Congress. Yeah, I would enjoy that a lot. Parliament. Yeah, whatever, yeah. Haunt Justin Trudeau. There we go. What? <laughs> nothing. nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I would haunt the White House. That would be fun. Cause, like, yeah, the same. Haunt um, Bezos. Yeah. Uh, or Elon. <laughs> Elon. Elon and his, oh, we need to bring this. We need to bring the ghosts to his anarcho-capitalist Mars sex colony. We need. <laughs> Mars needs to be haunted. I think that's haunt, the platform haunt Mars. that we haunt Mars. Hashtag haunt Mars, uh, and that's the platform that you should campaign on when you're running to be like the, the, ghost the on the committee of the <laughs> the collective bargaining for the ghosts. Is like I will put a ghost on Mars. We choose to go to Mars not because it is easy, because easy but because it is hard. hard and it must be haunted. <laughs> yes, haunt Mars. <laughs> Hashtag haunt Mars. I'm so putting that in the Instagram <laughs> caption. I'm gonna make a note of that so I remember. Hashtag haunt Mars. Uh, haunt Mars. I also I had another question for you about seven. Uh, because this was a moment that I was like, oh my god, wait, was this a really fucked up part of my early college experience, or was this normal? But did you ever play, like, icebreaker games, and one of the questions was, like, what food would you want to eat yourself to death on? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Definitely had that question asked during, like, icebreakers. I'm pretty sure in, like, college... Yeah, and I just remember, I think I at the time I was really into pasta because pasta is amazing, and I said some sort of pasta, and they were like, that's a terrible answer. I think I said, like, 
um, fettuccine Alfredo, and they're like, "That's a terrible answer." You get so Alfredo's sick, and I'm delicious. like, "Well, I'm, I'm eating myself to death. Yeah, you'll like, die. And, and there's no <laughs> food in this scenario that's like going to be enjoyable to eat yourself to death on. And if I had to go out, like, I think I would enjoy going out to fettuccine Alfredo." So what food would you want to? Well, as stated earlier when we were talking about how JP hates my culture, uh, my number one food of all time is shrimp and grits. I would settle for macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Macaroni and cheese is a good answer too. Do we have any other final thoughts other than Devin hated Taylor's piece? Yeah, I did not like your movies and (laughs) hashtag unionize the ghost. Uh, hashtag haunt Mars. Yeah, haunt Mars. Um, so that's what we got out of this discussion. Sending so, yeah. a ghost to Mars. That's our new campaign platform. Yep. Uh, cool. I feel good about that. And we don't yet have a theme for November. So we'll wait, tell you we'll next time on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Because I am starting an Instagram. Expect me to be annoying. Woo. No, I, I will not be annoying on Instagram. Well, I will be now that the Haunt Mars thing is a thing. Uh, I, before that entered into it, this was going to be a normal Instagram. And now it's <laughs> this be was never going to be a normal Instagram. This is never going to be a normal <laughs> anything.